0: This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work because business is personal.
1: Hey, More Than Workers, have you ever had a conversation with somebody that you thought went either really well or really badly, but the other person had a very different interpretation of that conversation? Or have you ever had a conversation that you went into it and you thought it was going one direction, but it went a very different direction and you're not sure why? We've talked a lot in the past about communication styles and you can go back and pick up that episode on communication styles. And we talked about like, there's the go-getter style and the empathy and the whiteboard user and the outliner. And we talked about what kind of challenges that can create, but there's also other things that create conversational pitfalls for ourselves. It could be the region of the country that we live in or even where we live in the world. It could be habits that we pick up at work. It could be the way that we say certain things. It could be sayings that are taken one way in one part of the country and taken differently in another part of the country. Today, we're going to talk about the perils of conversations, and we're going to talk about how can we get past that. And so we've got our whole team with us today. We have our own Diana Royalty straight from the Tacoma area. Diana, how are you doing today?
2: I'm good. I'm good. Tacoma is in Washington, south of Seattle, if you didn't know.
1: You mentioned it a lot. So I figured that we knew that, but I guess that was for the listener out there yeah up I mean, is.
2: you guys know where I live.
1: <laughs> is, it, is there a saying in Tacoma that you hear that you don't hear and that you didn't hear in the Midwest when you lived in the Midwest? Is there a Tacomaism um, that you picked up?
2: I don't think so. The things that Tacomans say are like, don't Tacoma or don't Seattle my Tacoma, which I think is really funny. Um, but no, I don't think there's any like colloquialism that I've picked up yet.
1: What does that mean? Don't Seattle my Tacoma?
2: Well, Seattle is very different than Tacoma, and Tacoma thinks that it's special. And so it's like, don't make Tacoma like Seattle. We want to be different than Seattle. We don't want to be like Seattle.
3: I think every state has one of those cities. Don't do, you know, we hear the same thing in Texas, right? And we hear the, you know, the even, you know, even, even when we're here in uh, Missouri, you know, we're here in Missouri and different people will say different things. And, you know, and Seattle's probably saying the same thing about Tacoma. You know, maybe it's a vice versa thing.
2: Oh, Seattle does not want to be Tacoma. Seattle wants nothing to do with Tacoma. So
3: (laughs) yeah. And
1: and Texas, Texas (laughs) always talks about Austin, right? We hear that. And like Austin, people love Austin. But then when we get outside of Austin, sometimes we'll hear, well, they're a little too California for us.
3: Yeah. Don't associate them with the rest of our state here. Don't associate that. Yeah. So we also
1: have Bethany Taff, who I just talked over. I'm sorry, Bethany. Bethany, how are you today?
0: I'm good no, you're okay. You didn't, you're, I'm good. We're all just talking. You didn't talk over me. It's fine, Don. It's,
1: it's fine. yeah. Wow. I'm kind of picking up a different vibe. Wow. It's a good example. Like it's fine. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. fine. Everything's fine.
4: Happy and mean. She's just talking.
1: Mary doesn't Mary. It doesn't seem fine. Does it Bethany seem fine to you?
4: <gasps> Bethany seems fine to me. Yep. She does.
1: Wow. I knew you would take her side on that. Right. <laughs> Examples of how conversations can go south so fast. So That's fast.
4: True. I'm very neutral.
1: That's right. Yeah. It clearly took took Bethany's side neutrally. Good job on that. Uh, and then we've got our host, Matt Griswold, and myself, Don Harkey. But Matt, uh, take us through this. Take us through how conversations can go awry and what we can
3: do to make those better. Well, you know, you said one thing during the introduction there. You said lots of things during the introduction, but there was one thing that stuck out. Not that I wasn't listening to the entire introduction, but there was one thing that kind of That kind of stuck out there. You know, you were talking about maybe you've been in those situations with communication and it went sideways, but you weren't sure why. Like you were caught in that moment, like where you have to kind of step back and reevaluate it. Like what just happened? Like why did they respond that way? Or I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm not a hundred percent sure how that conversation went this way. When I, you know, it it took a left. I thought we were going to right. Sometimes we 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 step into those things. Uh, purposefully, but sometimes we also step into those things involuntarily. If I can say it like that, we just wind up there. We're in the middle of this confusion, or we're in the middle of this being invited into somebody's office to have a conversation about, "Mm, you shouldn't say that, and maybe you thought nothing else of it after the conversation was over. It struck me, Don, as we're thinking about the different parts of the country and how maybe communication is approached in different parts of the country, us as you know, primarily I say primarily because Diana's in Washington, but us as primarily being in southwest Missouri, here in the Midwest, you know we're talking about these different types of things that may be the approaches that we have towards communication, and it, and it strikes me as as the attitude and effort towards communication if we were looking at a map of the country the attitude and the effort towards communication. I think equally, everybody would say, yes, effective communication, everybody needs to effectively communicate, but there's a different attitude towards what that effective communication maybe looks like. You know, Don, you were talking about the communication styles. This is a little different. We were talking earlier about the East coast maybe uh, is a little bit more direct or has maybe a more direct intention of how communication should go. Whereas on the West coast is, coast is a little more in our experience, a little more laid back and, and how we, uh, approach communication or the attitude and the effort towards communication is different across the country as well so do we want to start there maybe and talk about what we see uh, potentially and and you know just like in the communication styles we horribly stereotype and we say that up front we say it up front we're horribly stereotyping just general themes themes here of what this looks like but but maybe that's a good place to kind of set the stage for what it is we're talking about to start So do we want to start with that type of conversation there? You think that helps build a foundation?
1: Yeah, I think that's good because I think as more and more of us do, you know, there's more and more virtual office spaces, right? Where we're having more and more people that work online, where it's like our team, where we have a team member who now works out in Tacoma, Washington, even though our home base is in Springfield, Missouri, and we have people all the way out in Bolivar, Missouri, working with us who speak very differently than people in Springfield. God's country. Uh, God's country out there. It's, it's, we're going to have to learn like a little bit about what those, those different uh, habits are. So a lot of this was inspired by a podcast, another podcast. We listened to the Hidden Brain podcast. I know Bethany likes to listen to Hidden Brain. I'm not sure if anybody else does. Matt does not, but it was also, it was, they also replayed it on NPR and they replayed an episode recently with Deborah Tannen who is a professor of, of linguistics at Georgetown University. And she was talking about a study she did where they recorded multiple conversations with friends of hers. And a lot of them were out on the East Coast and she recorded those and they replayed some of those. And it's fun to listen to an East Coast dinner conversation because it was very direct. It was short sentences. It was quick interruptions, those types of things. But she found out in her research, for example, that if you live out on the East Coast, And somebody brings up a topic in a conversation unsuccessfully. So here's this, let me set up this, the talk. Everyone's talking about the football game or something like that. And you bring up and say, hey, did you see that movie last week? And no one picks up that conversation. Uh, Everybody's been in that situation before where there's a casual conversation. You uh, introduce a potential new topic, but nobody else picks it up. On the East Coast, what she found is that they will take an average of seven or eight times uh, additional attempts to try to bring up that topic. They won't let it go. Like on the East Coast, they will keep driving it, keep driving it, keep driving it until they're heard and that topic is discussed. On the West Coast, however, in California, they found that very seldom do they ever bring it up again. So somebody will bring up the movie topic and it's never brought up again. Well, that can lead to significant dif- misunderstandings of the conversation. So if somebody, if, and from the West Coast, was having a conversation on the East Coast and they brought up a topic, That they wanted to discuss and no one else heard that topic and they moved on without it. The West Coast person might feel oh they don't care about me they I wasn't heard when really it's just no you didn't fight for your spot at the dinner table kind of thing so that's that's kind of the
3: idea Matt that 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 brought up this topic and i think there's different levels of conversation expectations too right and and again just because you're living in the east coast maybe doesn't you're you're going well that's a horrible stereotype no 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 i do care about people or you know whatever that might look like maybe you're a transplant maybe you're just learning the ropes of that communication but you know what whatever it is and this is one of those topics too that is not just for okay hey managers this is for you hey employees this is for you this is a universal this is a universal conversation too we have different levels of conversation expectations but my thought process on this is okay so uh, like here's the first here's a truth bomb every 100% of us 100% of us have a message that we feel like is important like we we have a message we have a thing that we feel like is important one of those truth bombs is not everybody cares not not everybody cares about what that potentially looks like. And so what is our conversation expectation that we might have with other people? Are we are, Is our expectation that we're encouraging them to participate in the conversation? Is our expectation just that I get the message out? And just like the communication styles, everybody, I was going to say Don, but everybody, just like in the communication styles, the expectation is not so you can communicate with other people just like you want to be communicated with, but it's communicating with other people who are maybe the opposite so I think to me the fruit of this conversation is going yes we all have a preferred way of how we you know uh, of how we want conversations to go of how I dictate maybe control of a conversation or maybe I'm laid back during the conversation we have a preferred method of that but the goal is to be able to understand maybe some of these nuances to be able to, to navigate those those conversations that we're you know engaging with in the workplace and and beyond uh, at the same time right Mary
4: Yeah. So let's, let's give an example a little bit. So one of the things I'll use my North South example. So where I grew up, whenever I would say, bless your heart, people were like, Oh, thank you. That's so sweet of you because it meant I'm really sorry. You're feeling that way or going through that or love you. It was really uh, empathizing. And in the South, when you say bless your heart, apparently I learned it means like you're stupid or you think you're stupid or something.
0: It's not like
2: a kind, like, it's a nice way of brushing something off. Like it's a,
0: yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And and again,
3: (laughs) and again, people in the South might be going, that's not what I mean at all by that. Right. Maybe not, maybe not everybody, but part of this is understanding the perception of what it could be too. Right.
4: Yeah. So whenever I say that, when I'm, when I moved to Springfield, which I'm a transplant to Springfield, when I moved to Springfield and I would say, bless your heart, I would have people be like, oh, thank you. And then other people who are like, oh, what? And that conversation went like from really good to, we're not talking anymore. And I was just kind of like, what the heck happened here? So now I say it's, this is the nice or the North bless, Northern bless your heart. So whenever I'm like Northern bless your heart, (laughs) I love you. I care about you. So that's kind of an example of what we're talking about today.
3: And again, you were qualifying that in a, in a way that says, okay, I know it can be perceived this way, but I want to make sure that it's perceived this way. And so that's why I'm qualifying it with North versus South. Right. Because again, this is, this topic has a tendency to step on people's toes too, going, I don't, I don't mean it like that. That's kind of what we're saying.
4: Right. Yeah. So, so maybe I shouldn't use Northern bless your heart. Maybe I should just use different words. I don't know. I don't know. I'll think about that one.
3: Yeah. So, so it could be the word choice, Bethany, you were going to say something as well, right?
0: Well, I was just trying to think of other examples. I think even like in the Midwest, especially like I live in kind of a kind of a more of a kind of a suburb, I guess, is what you could call it. And, you know, when people drive by, we wave, I go on my walks, I wave to everybody who drives by or if I pass somebody on the street, like I put my hand up and wave to them. That's I don't think that's acceptable everywhere. And if you do that in some parts of the country, people will be like, they'll kind of look at you weird or they might flip you off or they might you know, say a cuss word. (laughs) When we went to New York last time, which is also
3: communication.
0: Right, right. Yeah, not what I was going for, but okay. Um, When we went to New York, right before the pandemic, Matt and I were in uh, New York York City. Surprise. It was, we didn't Mm -hmm. know it was about to, the world was about to shut down. And we were told we had a local person who was kind of taking us through the city and they like are like going through the rules of like what like don't take anything from anybody like don't make eye contact with anybody like put your wallet in this spot you know all these different things and it's like for me from the midwest it's like what do you mean i like wave to everybody that passes me (laughs) hey you know they're like don't do that it's not okay
3: Again, that's the different level of that's maybe the conversation expectation, maybe they have different expectations for how communication should should occur. And part of that is part of this conversation is really just kind of understanding that yes, you have a message, not everybody cares. Yes, you have an expectation, it's not necessarily everybody's expectation. Don, it's kind of like adapting, being able to understand that and adapt to other people and maybe the other, other uh, communication cadences across the country.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of the punchline here, right? It's not that, okay, yeah, this group talks like this and this group talks like this. It's understanding that there's so many variations of that. Like there's more variations than we could even come up with in this podcast. We could do do a whole podcast series probably on here's the things that are said and meant in this part of the world or this part of the country versus this part of the world or this part of the country. Uh, But understanding that really it's how do you react to that? is really important and in, in what that looks like. So like I, I was thinking about Bethany's example. I was in an elevator with a client in Philadelphia and we were riding up the elevator and somebody got onto the elevator and just na- my natural Midwest style. And I was, he walked on, I said, Hey, how are you doing today? And he just, he kind of looked at me like, I don't know what to do with that. And then he said, I'm, I'm okay. How are you? And I said, I'm fine. I'm fine. You having a good day so far? And he just kind of like, he says, Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you. And so then we rode up the elevator, he got off before we got off. And as soon as he got off the client I was riding up the elevator with looked at me and he goes, Are you embarrassing me? Why are you trying to embarrass me? Like, why are you doing that? Why are you engaging that person? Well, then, like, later in the day, I actually ran into that person in the office building, the same office building. And the person said, Hi, back to me, like said, Hey, how are you? Good to see you again. (laughs) Just kind of jokingly. Yeah. But, and so I think it's, I think that other person did a good job of recognizing my intent. Like, oh, you don't sound like you're from here. You're trying to be nice about it. I can adapt to your style.
3: Yeah, Don, you and I were just at a conference a couple of weeks ago. We got to meet those those nice folks. And I would say their name and their company if I remembered it, but they were very nice. They were doing a breakout sessions or workshop same time we were doing it. And one of them, uh, they were both from Maryland and one of them had moved to Nebraska. And uh, they had like one of those door-to-door solicitors coming through and the husband engaged it and her she was just on point like she was just on like what are you doing why are you what are you selling why are you here why are you talking to me just you know because not because trying to avoid conversation or trying to not build relationships it's it's again that conversation expectation like what is your background with communication how do you typically communicate and and you know understanding where people are different people are coming from across the country too bethany
0: Yeah, it made me think too, I think another way that we could miscommunicate or misread something is, you know, the times that we've been gone, like to the West Coast, and we visited clients out there. And it's usually, again, we're stereotyping, but usually it's a little, it's more laid back. They're not starting like first thing in the morning to get into the office, even when we're there visiting. So it's, so we could come and, you know, show up to the office at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. or whatever, and they're not there till 10 or 11 or something like that. And I think we could, we could take that and say, gosh, they don't even care. We traveled all the way over here. They don't even care that we are, you know, here to visit them and work with them and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, because we understood that that's just their culture. Like, that's when they start. That's just, that's not, they're not trying, nobody's trying to be disrespectful. Like, that's just when they do things. And so I think being, being able to understand that, and as we travel and work with different clients, we've had to, we've kind of had to know like, what is their, what are some of their cultural or, you know, geographical like rules, so to speak.
1: I think sometimes too, whenever you're trying, if, especially if you're, especially you are trying to form a relationship with somebody through a conversation, if there is a misunderstanding, you kind of have to explore it. Like you have to you have to have the difficult conversation which sometimes brings it out. I think about when I was in college I worked in a lab we were doing research on biodiesel fuel and we had several students who were international who worked with us including a couple from India who became friends but when the when the like especially one person in particular his name is Madhav Madhav would would speak very closely to you. So when he came up to talk to you he would come really close to your face. So where he was from, the personal space was different meter than where it is in America. So, you know, in the US, you're used to standing, you know, three or four feet apart from somebody or more, or farther when you talk in where he came from, you speak right up. He was literally within a foot of your face. And so several times he would walk you against a wall. And like he did that for the first couple of weeks that he's working is he would have a conversation with you. He'd walk up to you, you'd stand there and he'd get so close, you naturally step back. And then you would step back and step back and he would literally walk you into a wall until you were cornered. And then he would get up next to you and kind of be in your face about it. Um, Initially, I think a lot of the people in the lab who weren't used to that were kind of threatened by that. Like, is he being trying to be intimidating? Is this trying to, you know, what's going on? This is weird. It felt really uncomfortable. And then finally, we just had a conversation about it and we said, you know, Madaf, we're one of the things that might be a little different where you're from and where we're from is this concept of personal space in the U S if you notice when we speak, we kind of speak farther apart from each other. Typically when you get closer, it makes us uncomfortable. And he immediately recognized, he's like, Oh, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So he, he adjusted that. And you know, it, that, that conversation actually probably brought us closer together. Not, no, no pun intended closer yeah. together, even <laughs> though it brought us farther apart. Yeah.
3: Now, now how much of that awkward communication was because you all were, were engineers.
1: Well, that's probably another part of that too, right? That, yeah. I, I think that's another dimension. That's a good way to introduce right. it. You're right. We all happen to be engineers doing research in a lab. So that also tells you <laughs> a little bit of something about like what kind of conversations
3: we would have, right? Right. You know, and, and this is where, you know, we're talking about maybe in the workplace. So understanding that dynamic, because you know, what, what, what Madov is doing there, unfortunately, is making it harder to build relationships and make it harder to build relationships or partnerships, then it's harder to also work effectively with your team. And, you know, so if you are looking for a kind of a work related, why is this important? That's one of the definite reasons why this is important too. another thing that we see not only the close proximity there, but that uh, Mary brought this up earlier when we were talking about this is the acronyms that people at work use. Not everyone has worked there for 27 years. So not everybody understands your, your acronym, or maybe it's a word that you grew up with always saying. I, I I was I was teaching a customer service class and I used the word, there was a mistake on our part and I owned the mistake, which is what we do in customer service. I, own, I owned that mistake on our part, but I used the word snafu. And I thought, that was, I just grew up being, that's a word, right? That's a word itself. It's not an acronym for anything. It's like an oopsie uh, kind of a thing. And somebody in the group, their eyes, their eyes got very wide open. Like, like we can say that to people. And I'm like, snafu, sure. Like, it's just a, you're admitting the mistake. And then he recognized, he said, you know what that stands it's in a military term, right? You know what that stand, stands for? And it's like situation now all effed up is what it is. It's an acronym for that. And I had no clue, Bethany's learning this with me at the same time. I had, I had no, no idea
0: that I, today, I'm today years old when I just learned. This.
3: Yeah, snafu was just like, this is a mistake. Oop, my bad, little snafu there, let's keep going. And evidently I was just cursing at people uh, that knew that that was an acronym. I had no no clue.
1: FUBAR is another one, just so if you want to add that to your list, FUBAR is another one. Uh, FUBAR, okay. <laughs> f someone, so. F'd up beyond all recognition, yeah. <laughs> So be careful, be careful. I feel like I those. say
0: stuff all the time. And my husband's like, you can't say that. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah. That's what the- this is. I'm like, why do you know that? That sounds,
3: there are st- that.
0: he's like, there- I worked with eighth graders and I was in the military. So
3: I- <laughs> <laughs> true point taken.
1: There, there are a lot of sayings like that that we could throw out. Some of them, like we've talked about it from different regions of the country or even different parts of the world. We've talked about it from different professions of things and just approaches to things. Like if you're talking to a group of attorneys, they tend to be very direct. They just tell you, these are the facts. This is what we're going to do next. And they're they're used to fighting. Where if you talk to a group of creative people, they are used to encouraging each other and trying to bring things out. So there's different conversation that way. But I also like the idea of like time, right? There's There's sayings that used to be really popular that we don't know even where it came from that continue to get used and then as we become aware of where it came from then sometimes it's like oh that saying could be even offensive to some people i grew up all the time saying like if you if somebody gave you something and then asked for it back there's a term for it it's called indian giver right and uh-huh. i w- said that all the time and like for a long time all the way into my professional career of sometimes saying well i don't I'm, i don't mean to be an indian giver but i need to get that back until one day i just thought about like what does that mean what are we really saying when I say that? So it's sometimes it's going back and trying to think about what the intent is. Is the other person yeah. really intending to do that? And then when you do make a mistake and you step into a conversational pitfall, is it like, like you talked about Madov, You know, you talked about, you said it limited his effectiveness in building relationships with others, but that wasn't his intention at all. In fact, when he did it the most was when he was trying to build the relationships with others. That's when he got closest to you So it it just shows that sometimes you have to to get past the and get past the uh, the mistake, get into the intention and then seek a common understanding around
4: it.
0: Yeah. And it makes me think of too, you know, in our in our work, we see this sometimes too, where maybe somebody's coming from like a different size organization or a different kind of industry or something like that. And there are different cultural understandings within those different those different organizations and so we've seen people come from like really large organizations and start you know come into a smaller smaller organization and they just get like hammered because people think they're like out to get them or they're like moving too quickly or they're like coming in and trying to take over and they're just trying to match the pace that they're used to at their prior organization whereas like maybe this new organization is really like they're just a slower pace there's a little bit more there's a little bit more space between you know those conversations that are had or decisions that are being made or things like that so I think it exists in those in those kinds of situations too.
3: I think it's also understanding, you know, your audience um, as well, because, you know, we I use the term snafu. We talked about those other, you know, I didn't know that there was a bad thing. Could be super positive as well, but maybe your audience doesn't know it. Like we work with a lot, a lot in publishing and it seems like every time I hang out with publishers of magazines or editors, I learn a new word and it's really fun. One time I was, I was at a hotel visiting a publisher and he was going to pick me up for dinner that night. And I, he said, where are you staying? And I was told him where I was staying over there. And he said, oh, okay, there's a porte-cochere there. I'll just pick you up there. And I'm like, yeah, right, exactly. And I had to Google what porte-cochere meant. And it's basically a fancy term for the circle drive. It's the circle, the front entrance where the car can also pull into there as well. I didn't know that's what that was. Another, another word, just because it's fun. We have a publisher and you all know who we're, I'm referring to, but they use this hitherto for. And I love the, I love the the you know the words, and I love it. It's just I don't normally speak in hitherto fours as well, but I love you know kind of learning about that. And I also learned the same word, punctiliously they were looking at the statement punctiliously and i'm like yes because in that moment you don't want to appear dumb but then you go back and you're googling what does punctiliously mean and you know so you 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 look those things up as i see some of us googling that right now but but those are those are examples too where those are positive and maybe appropriate but your audience wasn't on the same page with your punctiliously and hitherto fours and shares. Just say circle drive or maybe understand who you're talking to because most of the time if you're doing this with manage, if you're doing this in a work related setting, if you're the manager to the employee and you drop the punctiliously or the hitherto fours, probably, you're probably going to see head nods like,, mm, yes always punctiliously in my life that's what i'm doing and and then you don't you have no idea that 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 there's a disconnect in that communication there too so understanding who it is that you're you're talking to even if it's appropriate you might even break it down or take a step back to done I like Bethany's point
1: about how it's different from culture to culture. It's also different, you know, up and down in the organization. I think about like a nonprofit board I served on, and the problem was in the nonprofit board is that we had a significant financial shortfall that was made up by a single organization. So I asked the question at a board meeting: I'm like, so how do we become more profitable? And I just said the word profitable at a nonprofit board meeting. And I had 10 people look at me angry instantly. Like that's not what we're here for. We're not here to be profitable. Like I know you're a business person and you care about profit. I think that can happen up and down in an organization. I've seen, we've seen it before where executives will meet with frontline employees who are thinking about something very different and say like, how can you help us to be more profitable? And the frontline employees are like, I don't care if they don't say this, but they're thinking, I don't care if you're more profitable (laughs) or not. I don't see how that impacts me really at the end of the day. So then the conversations tend to kind of miss each other. Like, okay, well, how can we become more efficient? More efficient to an employee sounds like, how can I cut more of you for a lot of folks? So it's, it's, these are just everyday traps that we can fall into in terms of conversations.
0: Yeah. It's like profitable versus like the front line wanting to be like, but I want to care about the customers or the patients or, you know, whoever it is. And you're not, you're totally missing the point we can't do both of those things. And really, they're probably not that different when
3: you come yeah, back. Yeah. Both, to it. both of you are correct. And I think a lot of times in communication, that's, that's kind of one of these punchlines of maybe where we're going to, as we're wrapping up, like both of us are you're both kind of correct uh it's it, you know part of effective communication understands that i might be wrong right we say that quite a bit effective communication only occurs when you understand that you might be wrong about a thing and so one of the tips that maybe i would have and maybe i can start this uh for us too but one of the tips that i would have if you want to effectively communicate your point you might start by not actually communicating at all but you might start by listening and observing and maybe understanding where that other person is coming from, so that you can then effectively communicate too. What other tips might we give folks to be able to watch out for maybe some of these pitfalls, or uh, maybe more effectively communicate? Um, I would
0: say assume the best about people. We say that a lot too, but assume the best intentions about people and how they're communicating, and think about to this conversation thinking think about who they are and where they're from without stereotyping to the best of your ability, just kind of understanding like what their history or the background shows, or, you know, just to give a little bit of context for why someone might be communicating in a way that's confusing for you.
3: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Thanks, Bethany. Who else? Don? I was going to say, if you're going to be punctilious in your communication
3: style. <laughs> Hither too four, then... Hither too far, what sure. like you should do is... That's you should, all
1: I have. Yeah, that's all I have. Uh, <laughs> No, but, but being, and it's an appropriate use of the word punctilious because I just looked it up. So I just yeah. did it. I just did use a, use it correctly. Very to, nice to be more punctilious in your communication style. I think that if you misunder if you're trying to form a relationship with somebody else and you don't understand why they're doing something or why they said something, I think you need to go to the source, even though that can be a difficult conversation and ask. Like, what did you mean by that? Or why did you approach it this direction? I think you need to have those difficult conversations if you're really trying to build a relationship because those things can be kind of tricky, but they also are a good way of building trust.
3: Thanks, Don. Diana?
2: Yeah, I think mine is just that you have to always remember that communication is multidirectional, right? So even if you think you're doing everything you can to say it well and say it the right way, if the other party isn't picking it up and isn't understanding it, it's not communicate. It's not effective communication, right? And that's just talking at somebody. So I think if you always remember that it goes both ways, it's listening, it's comprehension, it's talking, it's all of those things, you'll start off in a better place.
3: Yeah. So building that foundation in the beginning and then seeking to understand before I try to also impose. Done.
1: I love that point, Diana, I was talking to somebody this weekend, and they were talking about the, how they communicate with others, and they were talking about a specific situation where he communicated something to somebody else, and the other person didn't take it that way, and he his comment was, well, how am I supposed to change how she hears it, and I liked the question, because you can't, obviously, you can't change how they hear it, but you can change how you say it, and so that's that's the power that really we all have in communication is what do we do, not what the other person does. And then we can measure our success by how the other person receives our message and whether they
3: receive it accurately or not. Yeah. So maybe as a parting shot here, if you are maybe going to work today and you're frustrated by maybe some of the relationships that you have or the partnerships that you have, perhaps you're looking at the at your projects that you're working on, trying to be able to get feedback from certain people within the organization to help make the project even more successful. But you have those relationships where it's like, ooh, I don't even want to go down that road. We just tend to butt heads or, or we're always missing or they just stress me out. Chances are you're not in a great communication cadence. It's nothing personal between the two of you. Uh, most of the time, it's it's just we're missing on this communication thing. So let's take a step back and maybe identify where I'm coming from. Let me understand where you're coming from and let's figure out a way that we can work better together. So hopefully this topic was something where you were able to take a, a tangible step to be able to improve the communication that you have. Uh, a lot of times, I think Don said it earlier too, and it was echoed by others as well, but taking accountability in your role in the ineffective communication that you might be in right now. What is the, what is my role in the ineffectiveness of of this communication? And how do I you know work to maybe get that back on track? Diana, talk about maybe how other people can get a hold of us if they would like different topics or follow-up questions, clarifying questions, uh, anything of the sort.
2: Yeah, you can get to us by emailing us directly at morethanworkatpeopleccg.com. Or you can find us on all the social media platforms. Our handles are either at PeopleCCG or at PeopleCentric, depending on the platform. And then we also have a website where you can submit an inquiry, which is www.PeopleCentric.com.
3: Nice. Don and I are going to be hopping on an airplane tomorrow. Going to be in Portland uh, this week, speaking at a conference. Get to see our own Diana royalty. We're excited to be able to see you. Any tips on how we need to uh, handle our communication while we're out there?
2: Yeah, I mean, be friendly. Be friendly, but not overly oh, friendly.
3: Jack. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh, not oh. overly friendly. There's the right still amount.
0: COVID. There's, still, there's still high end COVID over there.
3: We okay. still
2: believe COVID is real.
3: Right. <laughs> so. Yes. Okay. So noted. All right. Yeah.
2: Bring your mask, your bags, card, stay six feet away from people. That's the whole deal still.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Well, it's going to be great. This sounds uh, this be great. it's going to be great. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Gonna eat a lot of uh hummus. Is that right? Is that a thing there? or
2: hummus tofu hummus <laughs> all <laughs> all vegan
3: well take us to a nice steak place that's what we're after um, i honestly don't of Madonna, know don't. of
1: one i honestly <laughs> don't know of one seafood that's what we're after right Doug? seafood seafood is what we're seafood. after i was yeah. gonna say i was seafood. like man if i don't have at least one oyster while i'm there i'm yeah. gonna feel disappointed so yeah you eat steak already
2: in texas. feels left out you want to eat steak in texas yes. eat seafood here
3: yeah yeah seafood oysters all the oysters for bethany okay uh (laughs) thanks for joining us more than workers and share the podcast share it with your friends if you got something out of it feel free to pass us around a little bit on anywhere the podcasts are available until next time talk to you soon
0: thanks for joining us on this episode of the more than work podcast join us next time and in the meantime lead well